Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. It's your inside pass to everything Saints football. Jimmy Graham brings it down, and that is a touchdown, New Orleans! We'll take you to places most fans never go. To practice, to the sideline, to the locker room, following every twist, turn, and touchdown of the Saints season. That is going to be a touchdown! Taysom Hill! Taysom TD! Welcome to Inside Black and Gold. And that is going to be a touchdown again. And guess who? Mike Thomas. Now, here are your hosts, Steve Geller and Jeff Nowak. Oh, baby! Hey, y'all. Who dat? And welcome in. My name is Jeff Nowak. This is Inside Black and Gold, a post-game edition. I am coming at you solo after the Saints took down the Titans in a bizarre score, 16 to 15. And, you know, it was a white knuckle game. It wasn't pretty. It was rarely pretty. But, you know, the only number that matters is 1-0. And that's what we got. So first things first, I do want to say I apologize. We didn't miss an episode this week. As you can see, I am here at my home. I did not go out to the Dome today. I've been sidelined with COVID all week. Still, you could probably hear it in my voice a little bit. But I'm feeling mostly better, so I have enough in the tank to do this. But... I'm not going to use that as an excuse for why I sound terrible. I'm just bad at this. Anyway, so we're going to do this the way we typically would. So I'm going to go through my kind of three up, three down column, which is live on WWL.com. If you want to go check it out and follow along. So basically, the first segment is going to be all the positive stuff that I'm going to highlight. Second segment is going to be some of the negative stuff. You can probably imagine one of the topics we're going to get into uh, in Trevor Penning, which did not go well. <laughs> let's, let's put it that way. And then in the final segment, we're going to get into a mailbag. But without further ado, let's get into it. The three up for this segment is going to be, you know, there's a lot of pot for a game that was as ugly as it was at points. There are a lot of positives to pull out of this game, particularly on the defensive side of the ball. Y'all, Derrick Henry was held to, I want to say, 11 yards rushing in the second half of this game. Derrick Henry, he rushed the ball 15 times for 63 yards total. He had at least 51 after the first half. I'd have to go back and check. I think he had 56 yards receiving in the first half. And he didn't have any in the second half. So you look at this and you say, okay, the Saints defense, the the group that we knew going in, we're going to have to lean on for this team to be successful. Man, did they do it. They forced turnovers. They got stops. They got pressure. Carl Granderson, I thought, had an excellent game. We're going to get into that. But the first one I want to highlight is just the defensive backfield, the defensive secondary. It's kind of a cop-out to say the entire defensive secondary is a stock-up player for me. But 
I don't think it's fair to single any of them out. Marshawn Lattimore had a great game. I thought Paulson Adebo had a great game. Both of them had interceptions. I thought Alante Taylor had some rough moments in the slot, but all in all, he did not get taken advantage of. I mean, how could he have been? The Titans didn't score a touchdown the entire game, right? So he had moments. There was one play where he tried to undercut the ball. It didn't go very well. He didn't get there, and there was a big play on the back end. But it was very much a bend-but-don't-break situation. He had a lot of nice PBUs. He made one really nice tackle on Derrick Henry in the hole that if he doesn't make that, I think Derrick Henry goes 8-10 yards at a big moment in that game. And instead, it was a 2-3 yard loss with Demario Davis helping to clean it up. And that's the th- that's what you like out of Alante Taylor. He's fearless. He's going to make those plays. He's going to m- take those chances. Sometimes they're not going to work out for him. But he's just that type of player. Marcus May, I thought, played well. Tyron Matthew played well. He had one really nice uh, play on Tajay Spears where he just read it out of the backfield. It was a throw into the flat. and He just ate it up. Marcus May had an interception on a ball tipped down from Isaac Yadam, who was in the game with Marshawn Latimer going out for a play. So, you know, we've seen that happen in the past, in the playoffs against the Vikings, if you recall. Marshawn Latimer went out of the game. Patrick Robinson came in, and Kirk Cousins found Adam Thielen down the field for a big play, uh, taking advantage of the absence of Marshawn Latimer. Ryan Tannehill tried to do the same thing today, but Isaac Yadam held his ground, knocked the ball down to Marcus May, and you had an interception and a turnover and a big swing in that game. Ugo Amadi at one point had to come on the field with Alante Taylor dealing with some sort of calf injury, and he immediately makes a pass breakup on third down, knocks the ball. That could have been an interception. So, I mean, you can go up and down this group. Lonnie Johnson made a couple nice stops on special teams. I mean, the defensive backfield in this game was fantastic. They're going against, I wouldn't say the best passing attack in the NFL, but I would say a good enough passing attack that can hurt you if you if you don't hold your own, if you are not physical. And it's also a team that if you cannot shut down the passing game and you have to devote more people into the secondary, then Derrick Henry is going to eat your lunch. So I just thought from, <laughs> from every position in the secondary, the Saints dominated and <laughs> you needed them to. Now, Paulson Adebo, I do have questions about his technique sometimes. He gets a little handsy, and you saw that on a play where the ball was tipped at the line. They called defensive holding. One of my pet peeves (laughs) when I watch NFL games is how it's, hmm, for some reason, once the ball gets tipped at the line, that defensive pass interference call becomes defensive holding when it was probably not defensive holding until the ball got tipped. Um, I think it's just a cop-out play. There were a few play, There were a few refereeing decisions in this game that didn't make a lot of sense to me. There was a throw to Juwan Johnson that after about, I don't know, a minute became an incomplete pass, which is like, okay, the ref looked up at the Jumbotron and saw the replay and overturned it. And it's like, sure, you got the call right. That's not how it's supposed to work. And the Titans did not have any challenges at that point. So them overturning that play was the only way it was getting overturned. So they they corrected the call on the field with the benefit of replay, but they're not supposed to have the benefit of replay unless you replay. Anyway, I'll, I'll digress. I don't think the officials were that bad. They gave, they gave the Saints a couple very, very generous reviews. Um, so I'm not going to question it. That, that pass by Derek Carr, <laughs> that was a fumble. I think we could all sit here and agree that was a fumble. And the Saints got the better of it. So, you know, you take some, you lose some. Either way, 
But I just thought, you know, from Marshawn Lattimore, Paulson Debo, Alante Taylor, all these players we have been talking about all throughout camp, I thought they all showed up today, and they played excellently. Next player on my list, Carl Granderson. He had a one and a half sacks. That only begins to describe the impact he had on today's game. He was in the backfield all day. I mean, he was just destroying the pocket for Ryan Tannehill. Whether he got there or not, he was creating sacks for other people. I want to say Cam Jordan's sack was a direct product of him just living in the backfield. There was one play on third down that he won't even get credit for a sack, but he had a spin move that was so fierce it threw the right tackle at least six yards out of the play, and he was able to just eat Ryan Tannehill. We talked a lot about Carl Granderson throughout camp. I wasn't sure if it was kind of a mirage what we were seeing because we know Trevor Penning has been struggling, so is it just a product of going against Trevor Penning every day in practice and knowing how to beat him? But no, I think you saw today against you know what I would argue was a suspect offensive line for the Titans as well, and we'll get into the offensive line for the Saints in the next segment. You know, I thought Carl Granderson had a great day. I thought the def- defensive line had a great day. I think the entire defense <laughs> had a great day. I don't know where you point to on this defense and say, man, that is a struggle point, right? There were there were in the first half. I think they had a hard time containing the physicality of a Derrick Henry, which I mean. Most teams can't, but you know, they started to devote more bodies to the interior. Demario Davis, I felt like had a monster day tackling Derrick Henry. Um, there was one point that he just blew him up on a blitz pickup. And yeah, it, technically Derrick Henry won that rep. But I think when you knock Derrick Henry off to the side, you win, whether you, whether it was the result of the play or not. And uh, anyway, I thought Carl Granderson had a solid day and you know, it, it's, I've been waiting ever since Trey Hendrickson left the building. I have been waiting for a player to show up opposite Cam Jordan to make his life easier. This is a guy who shows up every day. He plays the run. He does all the dirty work. I think he batted down back-to-back passes at one point today. He's always there. He's always getting the job done. But when he can get, when they can double him with no issue, when they know there's nothing coming from the opposite side, that's a problem. So it was good to see him, uh, Carl Grandison, really kind of come into his own. He just keeps getting better. You know, every year you just see him improve and improve and improve. And I think you're going to see a good season out of him. I, I could see double-digit sacks for him, no question. Now, we did see – I thought Peyton Turner looked good early in this game. Got hurt. You know, and that's always the bugaboo for Peyton Turner. Hopefully it's nothing serious. It came on a play where he was kind of getting blocked and he reached out and grabbed Ryan Tannehill's shoulder. Um, and he affected the play. It was a nice play by Peyton. I wonder if maybe he extended something as he was reaching. I don't know. He did not come back into the game. Hopefully that's something that's not going to keep him out for an extended period. But who knows? It, it, the track record would indicate that injuries are going to be a problem for him. So we'll have to see. Isaiah Foskey wasn't, was a healthy scratch for this game. As were two other rookies, Nick Saldaveri and A.T. Perry. The other rookie that was a scratch was Kendra Miller, who is dealing with an injury. So that's four of the Saints rookies were healthy scratches. I know there was a lot of angst early on about, oh, why is Isaiah Foskey not out there? He's the number 40 overall pick. He can't be a healthy scratch. Well, you had four healthy defensive ends in front of him. Now, if Peyton Turner's hurt, there's going to be there's going to be snaps to be had. So hopefully, you know, they could figure something out there. Um, but I, I expect we'll see Isaiah Foskey next week the next player on this list and we'll have a couple honorable mentions and there there were a few to pick from right like there there was 
some fits and starts on offense. You saw Mike Thomas get into the action early, then kind of disappear. You saw a slow start for Chris Olave. You saw a fumble right out of the gates from Rashid Shahid. But I thought what you saw from Chris Olave throughout the game, the way he asserted himself in the second half of that game, he went over 100 yards receiving. It seemed like every big moment, he's able to just create space. He's able to find ways to not just get open, to be by himself and <laughs> I've been waiting for someone to be able to get open like that for the last several years. Chris Olave did it last year. I don't know if he did it consistently enough. He, obviously, Derek Carr was not there last year. But you know, when, when you see him be able to just create yards of space that you can just lob it to him, and it is a for sure first down plus. You know, that's just something that you cannot replicate across the league. There's only five or 10 players, I'd say, in the NFL that can create separation the way he does. And, you know, he's just going to get better and better. The connection with him and Derek Carr is going to get better and better. Hopefully the protection is going to get better so he can sit, so Carr can sit in the pocket and go through his progressions, which he was not able to today. A couple of those throws to Chris Olave were just sheer, you know, make it work, you know, make a guy miss and find him downfield and, you know, that's what he did. There was a long play where he just kind of got lost in coverage. Um, you know, Chris Olave is going to be the leading receiver on this team. I expect him to go 14, 1,500 yards minimum as long as he can stay healthy. And you just kind of want to see it in the game. You want to see it building. You want to see that chemistry building. And that's what you saw today. He also drew a pass interference called downfield that if he was, you know, two, three years down the line in the league, right? If he's Justin Jefferson, he's getting that call. Right. If he's DeAndre Hopkins, he's probably getting that call. Chris Olave is not quite there yet to get that obvious pass interference call that would have been a 40-yard penalty. And instead, I want to say it was a third down. Uh, you know, it, the, it's a it's a drive ender, right? I think they punted on that uh, on that drive. But you know what you saw to him, he's my third stock up player, and and I thought he was very impressive. Going down, we have I have two honorable mentions and. One of them is Rashid Shahid, the other wide receiver who I've been talking about all camp. I feel like everyone's been talking about all camp, at least locally, for whatever reason. No one nationally, and I know this because I just did a bunch of fantasy drafts and I was able to take him like the 15th round, is Rashid Shahid. Everyone locally has been talking about Rashid Shahid. But for whatever reason, like in the national landscape, everyone's like, yeah, 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 sure, 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 sure. Well, we saw it today, you know, after what was probably the worst opening play to a Saints season uh, in history. I don't, I don't know if there's ever been a fumble on the opening kickoff of a season before in Saints history. Maybe there has been. I don't remember it. But that's what we had today from Rashid Shahid. He took the opening kickoff. He was going out of bounds. It was a heck of a play by the Titans defender. I can't recall the name. But, you know, there's a few things to say to that. One, and this is what Dennis Allen pointed out, it was the first time he had been tackled in a game since last season. He didn't get tackled in preseason. He didn't play in any of the preseason games. Maybe it was a little bit of shock to his system. Uh, it was it was an ugly moment. It put the Saints in a hole. Thankfully, the defense was able to hold the Titans to a field goal because if they were not, you know, you saw the how tight that game was. If they allow a touchdown there, um, that might be a different game. Even the, even so, it did kind of put the Saints behind the eight ball. It felt like they were pushing a boulder up a hill that entire game. They were playing from behind all game. They were going uphill all game. And not until Rashid scored a touchdown did it feel like they had finally kind of crested that hill and they were they were going downhill. 
And from that point on, the, the Saints felt like the better team in that game. The Saints felt like they were the more talented team in that game. And they always were. But because of that opening fumble, you, it just it just never quite clicked. And because of the protection issues, it never quite clicked. So that's what keeps Rashid kind of in that honorable mention category for me. But you know, I thought he was fantastic. Um, I'd love to see him play with some uh, wider margins, right? <laughs> there was, you know, the only reason that the Titans didn't challenge that one catch on the sideline for Rashid is because they had to challenge the opening kickoff because it was initially called out of bounds. Uh, and I think that was, that would have been overturned. I think he had a toe on the line. You know, later in the game, he had another play that was, you know, just that narrow of a margin. And I would love to see him, you know, make that a little, a little, little, little less, uh, you know, agita inducing uh, for me personally. But, you know, you see the talent there. You see the confidence that Derek Carr has in, in him, that the decision to just throw that ball on third and a, what is it, six, third and eight, whatever it was, to, you know, not quite ice the game. He ended up going out of bounds, which was disappointing. But, you know, I you don't see the Saints do that in the last year, the year before. They're going to punt and they're going to hope. And just to see that happen, to see Rashid be the guy on the receiving end of that ball, it's cool. And uh, he's just electric. And he's going to return. One of these days, he's going to finally uh, return one of these kicks uh, for a long way. And I'm just glad I have him in all my fantasy leagues, <laughs> even though that was my, my very much homer pick. I even reached for him in like the eighth round in one of my local leagues. Cause I just, I wanted to have him. I wanted to be right. Cause I knew he was going to, he's going to be that guy. Anyway. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com. Uh, moving on, the last guy on my list, and then we can go to the downside, is Blake Groupie. Blake Groupie, you know, while he had a great preseason, that doesn't always translate. Sometimes you, you see a guy, you see a kicker stand out in the preseason and then show up. He's a different guy in the regular season when there's 70,000 screaming fans. Not Blake Groupie. Mike Vrabel made sure to test that because there was a play where the Saints had third and one with a holding call and the Titans declined it to give them fourth and one, which allowed a 52-yard field goal attempt. If he accepts that penalty, it's third and 11. And this was in the first half when the Titans' defensive line had been teeing off on Derek Carr. You forced the Saints to go back and try to convert third and 11? And even, you know, maybe they do, but I mean... Why would you not allow your defense to get a chance to maybe maybe knock them further out of field goal range, right? If I, 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 that was the strangest decision. And the only reason you make that decision is because you're like, that's a rookie kicker. He has never kicked a 50-yard field goal in his career. Let's see if he can do it. And he goes out there and he nails it from 52 yards. And that's just good for him. You know, if you had any questions going in about whether he was, you know, he was a flash in the pan, whether he was a mirage, I think you got it. You know, and I didn't put Lou Headley on my list, but I thought Lou Headley had a solid game too. Didn't do anything spectacular, but as a punter, I just want you to be consistent. I think that was the biggest issue with Blake is you would have these great punts. You would have these punts inside the five, but then you would have these crazy shanks because I think he was just trying to do too much. 
And uh, so I think you saw good stuff out of Lou. I think you saw good stuff out of the special teams groups outside of, you know, a couple penalties and that fumble. But you got a, you got that pump block out of Zach Bond. You know, I just there's a lot to like out of this game, despite what the scoreline <laughs> might indicate. But all right, let's wrap up that segment. I'm Jeff Noack. This is Inside Black and Gold. We're going to come back. We're going to go through the three down, which are, I don't have a ton. I don't have a ton to criticize. Just one position, position specifically, really, that we're going to get into. But we'll get into that in the next segment. And then we're going to dive into the mailbag to close out the show. Again, we're talking about the Saints beating the Titans 16 to 15 in week one. This is Inside Black and Gold. Stick around. <laughs> 